You are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. Well, greetings and welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast edition on Westwood One. Steve is gone today. He's taken the fam, specifically his son, on a little vacation. Get to see some uh, some football, so that should be uh, fun. Hopefully, hopefully he's having a good time. In his stead, I'm Aaron McIntyre. I'm uh, the producer of this year's show, um, along with Todd Erzin, who is our editor here at the Steve Day Show. Just wrapped up production on the Dace Group Roundtable today because it is a Friday. Todd, um, we reviewed both sides of yesterday's hearing day, and then we also, with Joe Koss, because he's a Catholic too, and so we, of course, have to have a, an obligatory Catholic issue on our show. Uh, we, we talked about that as well. Anything you want to promo from the Dace Group Roundtable today? Well, uh, it, was, it was interesting, especially on issues like this, where everybody who's taking a position is 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 putting themselves out there to some extent um i mean we've got we're all taking a trust fall to some extent and it's not just like we're falling back on the ground we're you know we're falling off a a building and if we're if there's nobody there to catch us um uh there's no coming back from it so uh while aaron and steve and i uh talk about this to hear to bring in another voice um especially another voice like joe we've talked with on the show before but it's been a little while um and it was it was very interesting just to hear how he came in and complimented what we've been talking about for quite some time now. I agree. It was good to hear from him. And he is, he's really articulate, really well-spoken dude and, and provided. And I did not know this until we started taping with him. He actually learned, he took classes under Robert Bork. And so that kind of lends some uh, perspective from from this um, vantage point, from that vantage point, I should say, for this conversation. And so you won't want to miss it. CRTV.com slash Dace. And I want to remind you again, while Steve is out and take the opportunity, if you like this podcast and you like the content that we produce and you want to support it and you don't you can't really see life and you wouldn't want to really look forward to your commute or whatever, wherever you listen to us without us you got to support us yes this is a capitalistic venture yes we are capitalists but at the same time we are doing something here that is based on principles we have a mission here and so if you have an affinity for that if you want to keep us around seriously and i don't mince words if you want to keep us around, you have to support us, and you can do that for about 25 cents a day, crtv.com slash Dace. Use promo code Dace if you like what we're doing and you want to keep listening to us, even this podcast. This podcast doesn't support the TV show. It's the other way around. The TV show supports this so we can do this for free for you. crtv.com slash Dace. It is a Feedback Friday. 
And yesterday I noted on Twitter that um, we are doing Feedback Friday today, despite uh, the fact that Todd and I had a conversation on Wednesday. It was going to be Feedback Friday, and I solicited feedback for specifically Todd and I, and uh, the reaction was interesting. Not all of it was was what you would expect on the heels of that conversation, Uh, but we will have some. We will have some people are people are doubting my my salvation, so I need to clear some things up towards the end of the podcast. Anyway, let's uh, let's begin. Todd, you ready? I am ready. All right. This first one comes from Charlotte Pate, who says, I want both of my daughters, if they choose to have mates, to have intelligent, thoughtful Christian husbands like yourself. Oh, well, thanks, Charlotte. I did not read that the first pass. I, I'm I now I'm I'm flustered I'm I'm getting uh, anyway where do I find such creatures my girls attend public schools here in Texas one is in high school the other in middle school the kids at school don't really seem to be deep thinkers I want their husbands to be thinking men deep philosophical thoughts a good understanding of theology and why they are Christians things I teach my kids I've been spending quite a lot of time on apologetics because I think this day and age the church should be laser-focused on apologetics. People at my church don't seem to be very interested. There don't, there don't seem to be many deep thinkers around. What tips do you have? Todd, you've got uh, four daughters. Not all of them are to this point yet, uh, but I'm sure this is something you've probably thought about as well. What would you say to Charla? If you want your daughters to find good men, do not, as a Christian because you love your daughters, then leap to the wrong conclusion that your daughters are good and know who they are because that's the biggest issue. Make sure that they know the definition of good and that they know who they are. If they know who they are in Christ, they'll they'll find the man you're talking about, and you don't have to worry that much about it. Now, when that happens, you know, that that has to work itself out its own time. Until that, what, you need to definitely be monitoring uh, what their dating life looks like, and, this, and their father absolutely needs to be doing that, uh, because you, uh, you, and specifically their father, are stewards of what ultimately belongs to God. And therefore, you know, this whole notion, well, they just, they like who they like and they date who they date. And then, no, no, never in my house. My daughters know this already. Uh, if you if you want to uh, date my daughters, uh, you will be, uh, without question, having to engage in a relationship uh, with me uh, as a young man. There is absolutely no way around that. And our our daughters, while that might be frustrating at some times, they will also uh, know that that is the definition uh, of love. They will uh, feel uh, taken care of, uh, and they will they will work on their own due diligence of what I'm talking about, understanding who they are, making decisions that make uh, their parents proud of them. Because they know they're thinking through the long term. This this whole notion of just dating just to date in high school, it, it's 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 not it's not just benign fun. It it is it is toxic. 
It is it is destroying souls because they're doing that all of it at every level. Uh, not for, not just the the physical aspect, but the, the psychological, the emotional. You are attaching all of that depth of male female experience with no expectation of permanence on the other side. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. So just we love our I love my little girls to death but they are sinners just like you and me uh before you even start worrying about who the other guy is make sure that you and your husband and they know who they are and live a life accordingly and then sooner or later that guy's gonna come yeah that is extremely well said and you said exactly what i anticipated you were, would and, and gave the perspective that i anticipated you were todd and that's why um the, the kind of the two tips from my perspective and my vantage point having been um you know looking for the one um you know for for a few years now um i i would say todd is dead on about making sure they know who they are in christ from your perspective as a parent, that's what you need to be worrying about more than putting them in environments where there's going to be guys who know who they are in Christ. Having said that, that is that is the, of, of preeminent importance from your vantage point, at least from from um, from what I can see. Two things, though. One is um, one is kind of intangible. The other one is tangible. Number one, and this goes for both guys and gals. Teach them the difference between standards and expectations. Standards are, he needs to love the Lord. He needs to be involved with the local church. And I mean, when I say involved, I mean, really have a heart, unintentional. And I don't mean good intents, intentional, purposeful um, heart for others within the church. Because I think that's evidence of, of spiritual, that's the foremost evidence of spiritual fruit right there. That's a standard. Expectations are he needs to um, have a heart for the church and it needs to look like he is uh, spending all of his free hours at the nursing home. Um, and then on Saturdays, he is uh, involved with, you know, setting up uh, Bible school or whatever. In all of his free times, he's doing all of these different things. Those are expectations. Now, he may he may be a superhuman who be, may be able to do all of that, um, but probably is not. Difference between standards and expectation. Standards. If you want to set a standard where, you know, he kind of needs to be able to uh, clean up after himself, um, you know, that's those those are kind of when it where it gets into gray areas but i think i've I've, did i explain that properly the difference between standards and expectations todd whereas expectations are my standards are going to look a certain way standards just are he needs to be a certain way and i'm going to look for that in him does that kind of make sense Yeah. yeah the second thing i would say in this day and age once that first once he's kind of passed the he or she has passed the threshold of um you know, uh, standards. I have some non-negotiable standards, not expectations, but non-negotiable standards. Um, maybe this falls into the category of standard as well. Having spent a lot of time around some of the quote unquote men of my generation who are religious boys who can shave most of them. He needs to have a freaking job. <laughs> he needs to have a job that can support um, both himself and your little girl. 
Um, I have seen an epi- epidemic, Todd, and I don't know if you see this as well. It's not everybody, but the vast majority of people and the people in my generation, they don't know how to work hard because they have not been forced to adjust at an early age to being independent and being able to make decisions for themselves and struggling for themselves. Um, I had to learn that and I was probably later than what I wished, but I had to learn that as well. I mean, there were times when I had my first job that I really did struggle. <laughs> I was, I mean, it was to the point where I was like, um, boy, uh, I really hope that my, uh, blood pressure is not too high so I can go donate plasma so I can, you know, eat this weekend. You know, there are time there. Those are the character building things. And particularly when it comes to the area of work, um, and I'm not talking about vocation, just hard work, the willingness to be able to put yourself on your shoulders and carry you through under the authority of, of, of the Holy Spirit. But that character that you are not going to let anything put you down, you are not going, you are going to stand on your own two feet, that is sorely lacking. If a potential suitor for your daughter has not shown the ability to be able to support himself, he's never going to be able to support your daughter. And I'm not just talking monetarily. There is a deep spiritual element to this, I think, Todd, about work that is that is gone from a lot of the boys in my generation, where they can just not figure it out, how what it takes to really be able to stand for themselves and be men. And I think that manifests itself in the area of work quite a bit. I don't know if you've noticed that as well. Oh, yeah. And I want to echo that with a, uh, a flip side of that coin. Absolutely. There are, there are things like that. You, you, standards, expectations. That, what, that rock solid. Not, non-negotiable. But one trap we set for ourselves often as christians uh is is how, we forget about that this uh started off in that humble stable that there's a dirtiness a grittiness to this oh, sure. thing called yeah. our faith and yeah. so work absolutely but make sure that your daughters don't have blinders on on what the yeah. the mirage of what that man yeah. is supposed to look like yep. because we we talked about this in different contexts all the time there may be a man with a bit of a checkered past who's got a tattoo and still is smoking uh, cigarettes because he's just having a hard time breaking it. But he may have knelt before the Lord and begged for forgiveness for his sins in a more profound way than any other man that could hope to court your daughter. Now, that's just one example. All I'm saying is if, you, if you're if you open to the light of Christ in terms of that pair bonding, well, that... that, that, that uh, uh, till death do us part pair bonding the, and my, my ring I have it uh, um, inscribed in Latin duo hoc anulo unus fient two shall be made one if, 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 you, if you really believe that then he must de- increase the Lord and you must decrease you need to be open for the real work of the Holy Spirit uh, it, because love of course did we predict the love that Christ gave us in terms of that level of sacrifice? No, that's why it had to be revealed to us. And the same might be true 
for the relationship with your daughters. It's well said, Todd. Uh, do, 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 do. So, so Lawrence Kemp emailed. He has a, uh, several smaller questions. Um, this one's interesting, and I have not really put a lot of thought into this, much like the rest of my day. Uh, is there anything you guys do behind the scenes that you think we would appreciate knowing about? Any thankless tasks or unsung hero contributions that you want to elaborate upon? Well, Lawrence, there is one thing. Um, every now and then I have to go over to Todd and adjust his IFB, which <laughs> involves getting much closer to him than I ever want to be. So um, there's that. No, um, seriously, no. I um, For what I do, I keep busy, and Todd knows that and Steve knows that. They're, they're great about... Um, I mean, almost to a point where it makes me uncomfortable just because they're, they're, they're trying to look out for me in, in my schedule. I, I, I keep busy and sometimes really busy and sometimes it's really stressful. And sometimes there are some weeks where it's just like, oh boy, let's just get through this thing. But at the end of the day, I can't really see myself uh, doing anything else other than this, what I'm doing right now, mainly because it's just, it's fun. Um, there is still fun, even on the worst days, er, worst weeks and worst days. We, there's, we still have elements of fun. And there's a lot of freedom here as well that uh, Steve allows, I think, both Todd and I. So there's so the, the question is kind of irrelevant to me. I don't know about you, Todd. Unsung unsung tasks uns, or thankless, thankless tasks, unhus, unsung hero contributions. Well, I, I, I need to go at, at the very least to what you just said. And expound on that further because today is a perfect example of uh, Aaron is undeniably the unsung hero of the show. We are doing the show right now without the guy who's the show named after Steve Dace. That's possible. We can't do this show without Aaron. That's that's not that's literally true. It is impossible to do it. Uh, without him, he he has. I mean, Steve is kind of um, the way he lives his life personally, um, and how he multitasks. And you know, when he talks about going home, and and you know, w- even when he's playing video games or watching football, you know, he's on, he's surfing yeah. Twitter, he's keeping yeah. informed while he's doing that kind of. So he, it's th- this is just it's kind of his lifestyle to be prepared for this show. But the amount of time Aaron has to put in. To make this thing go, and, and you know, I felt even bad, and I'm so glad I asked him. But it, it was my idea to have the at the start of this year to have the uh, montages done, and I said not. Nah, I, I just think because he had done things. Well, the one that was of legend is when the the smod one, right? Didn't the, oh yes, yes, yeah, oh yeah, with uh, oh that was over a year ago now. Oh, yeah. I need so, to make another, but yeah, that was the one that. I said, okay, this, it can't just be like every once in a while when Aaron does this, this needs to be every day. He's that good at it. Um, and so it was just a matter of, can he find the time in the day? And he does every day, but, and we all benefit from it. It, it, It's just a great way. And, and and, And that took the place of Steve's monologue, which should tell you something because Steve's a pretty damn good monologuer, Mm -hmm. but, (laughs) but we, it's just, I, I, it, it needs to be said because really I, I don't do I, I I come in here. I'm privileged to be a part of this. Uh, I help in any way I can. I guess the one thing that um, it, I mean, I don't think it's really 
a secret people have connect the dots but i you know i i write for the steve day show so when you not all the time but quite a bit of the time when you are reading uh, a column by Steve Dace. It's something uh, I wrote. Uh, he and he edited and and reframed or adjusted or sometimes just runs that is and it always runs under the Steve Dace name because this is the Steve Dace show and that's important. But that's I guess that's the only thing that I do that that might fit that bill. No, that's a pretty that's a pretty big thing because um, I mean that is that is. Uh, you you're not, you're an editor, and when we say editor, we also we always think oh, it's just text. No, he's the he's the show editor. He's the fact checker. He's the standard bearer um, as far as getting our our poop right. And this next question that Lawrence uh, asks is, "Were you Todd? What's the worst line or thought process you've had to edit or push back on? What's the most memorable piece you've worked on?" So two questions. Whoa. Oh, wow. Uh, and this Wednesday does not count. Hmm. Yeah, thank God it doesn't count. Uh, most memorable piece I've worked on. Well, uh, I know one that um, it just... It, the, there's been many memorable ones. One that pops into my head, um, and it, it, it can't because we re-ran it recently because of the news cycle was uh, the column uh, that uh, I wrote about, um, and this is, I don't know, a year and a half ago now about Colin Kaepernick. And it, it it's pretty snarky. It, it just got rerun, so you can go back and find it pretty easily. But it's uh, it, it diagnoses his, his level of uh, hypocrisy because of the life he's led, the opportunities he's been given, the people who raised him. Uh, so that... Um, that's, and that run, you write it and writing is like anything else, but some, you know, sometimes you're, you, you're staring at that blank page and you don't know what to write. And even when you know what to write, you don't know how to write it, but that one just, that flowed and, uh, pushed back on. Well, uh, I mean, we, we hear when we push back on each other here, it's usually in the best sense of what we all believe needs to happen at, you know, at the level of federal government and just in our personal relationships is, you know, iron sharpens iron. We have good, solid conversations. We play devil's advocate. And even when we, we, we hardly disagree about fundamentals here, which should mm-hmm. make sense, but sometimes how we apply our fundamentals, exactly. there's yeah. a disagreement. I mean, Steve, it hasn't happened in a while, but uh, I mean, Steve and I got into it, pretty i mean aaron's been here yeah pretty good once when i what i called somebody out that he didn't think i should have called out and this didn't and this wasn't on air but it, it was behind the scenes and so but steve and i are both i mean we both have our lines and it also depends on how you come into the office on any given day. And really I I've said things like that many times and it, and Steve would just disagree. He, he, he wasn't happy and I wasn't happy that he wasn't happy, but, and then we walked out and came in and we're, cause we're, you know, cause we're dudes, we yeah. get on with our lives. Um, so <laughs> well, I don't know. Does that, do you think that yeah. accurate? You know, it was like a couple months ago when, when people were thinking that Steve was treating you unfairly. Oh, that, like that, well, that, that was, that, that was not the same thing. No, no, um, that, that was a totally different, that I rolled my eyes at. That because, was hilarious. People were like, you need to start t- treating Todd better. I can't stand the way you treat guys. 
that's 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 precious. Um, let's take a couple from Twitter. Ordinary Steve says, when Steve is on a roll and asks a question in his usual way, how do you know if he really wants an answer or if he wants to answer on his own question or if he wants to answer his own question? Well, I'm, <laughs> it's impossible. So, yeah, I, I'm still not always certain, but I'm way, and I, I'm way more certain that I used to be. And that was one of the biggest challenges when I started on the show, learning when he... he it was a rhetorical question, learning when he really wanted to engage, learning when it was kind of both at the same time. I mean, really, that that part is, I guess, now that one that one is way more my role than Aaron's role, just because Aaron's over there pressing buttons and keeping things going, and I, I've got to be on the ready for for when does Steve want banter? When does he? stay out of my way right yeah I, I, i'm i have a jawbone of an ass and even when i look at you and ask a question shut up and nod at me mm-hmm. and, and, and you know it's it's yeah. implied and you have to know the signs and it's yeah. it's it's mostly it's it's i i've got it mostly down now after i don't know whatever we're in year four since i've been here yeah, or something i, like I don't <laughs> i don't have it down there are some times where it's like, yeah, I could add this and this would really add to Steve's. And then I say it and he just completely railroads me. <laughs> I'm like, I shouldn't, have, <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. It is fun, though. As I said before, Steve gives us an unbelievable amount of freedom to say what we want to say uh, or what we feel needs to be said. That's we, been the most amazing thing about being a part of this show, yeah, Aaron. And yeah. I, Because you get a sense of who he is. And, uh, when, and we were... Listen, we we were we were definitely friends before I was uh, an employee, but we were friends that mostly kept connected uh, through uh, email and Facebook, and mm-hmm. and saw each other a couple times a year. Uh, and so, I had a I a, my sense of how controlling he was going to be about things was was way off in terms of the breadth of that. I mean, there are. And boy, I know Aaron can attest. I mean, there are very specific ways about he wants things done. That's the way they are. But it it's not about everything. I mean, it's. No. I was shocked at the degree that he was casual uh, about things. So, well, he sets the tone immediately when when you um, when you start working for him, or when we have you know shifts in the way we're going to see. He sets the tone, and then he expects it to be done that way. And so there's, um. As long as those things are done the way he wants them to d- done, then, you know, everything's everything's fine. It is nice. Uh, Feverit says, why does Todd always say the Orwell quote backwards? Is it on purpose? Do you know what he's referring to? I don't. What the Orwell? The Orwell quote? I don't know. I don't know. The Orwell quote? Do you quote Orwell? I think we, I think everything we say these days we is We say Orwell. it's Orwellian, but I don't know which... I, is it too... He he didn't he didn't he didn't provide is any it, any context. Is it two legs, two legs good, four legs bad. Maybe, maybe maybe we got that backwards. I don't know, Fevert. You're listening oh, much well, more I, closely than we're talking. Well, yeah. So, so two <clears throat> that must be two legs. It's two legs bad. Uh, four four legs good. So I bet I do. I mean, I don't know if if that's what you're referring to because we just said it wrong. I think when we said it, it it's. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the I, animals are saying, and it's two legs bad, four, four legs, legs good. good. And I bet, yeah. I bet, I, I bet, I've said it because the because the animals replace the farmer. Yes, 
Yeah, four legs good, two legs bad. Well, because I'm a moron. There, how's that? <laughs> there you go. There you go, Fevert. That's a weird name, too. Um, Chris Pandolfo said, so we're going to get a whole new show on Iowa versus Wisconsin. Matt Rinker resp- responds, good God, I hope not. That was like listening to a couple of girls having a cat fight over lipstick colors. It was definitely beneath the show's standards. I think the first part of that is absolutely fair. This was like a, a couple of girls having a cat fight over lipstick colors. Um beneath the show's standards have you listened to the show recently well they're programming baby come on now what standards are you talking about my goodness we're always plumbing new depths of broadcast mediocrity um as i said I, i got a few i got a few emails um questioning something that i said and since it's towards the end we'll we'll end with this um, I, I'm, I'm not going to respond to the ones who are hypercritical. I think I'm going to respond to Cassandra, Cassandra, um, who writes and says, Aaron, your position was that Wisconsin won based solely on luck at the end of the game. As I understand it, Wisconsin was able to benefit from Iowa mistakes at the end of the game. You've let your idolatry of Iowa football force you to abandon your professed worldview. Shame on you. There's no such thing as luck in a biblical Christian worldview. God is sovereign. His plan for your life is perfect, and all things are under his control. Repent and believe. <laughs> oh, please please tell me that that's just fantastic. I'm, I'm, I think it's fantastic satire. I'm yes. choosing to believe that. that it, because if not... Um, I, I'll pray for you. <laughs> yeah. Cassandra. 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 It's always four-dimensional chess, Cassandra. What does Paul say in 1 Corinthians? I've made a ser- myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. To, and to the Jews, I became a Jew. To those who were without the law, as without the law. To the weak, I beca- became as the weak, that I might win the weak. Cassandra, did you not see what I was doing there? Todd, what's the Catholic che- teaching on luck? The Catholic teaching on luck? I have yeah. no, I, you guys believe in luck, right? I see. Yeah, I'll take that as this yes. is um, needles. Uh, how many angels can dance on the head of a see, pin? I was, territory. Here. I was Cassandra. I was becoming a Catholic. I was becoming to the Catholic. I was be- trying to become like a Catholic. I was trying to hoist him by his own petard. I didn't know Cassandra that you did not believe in evangelizing others, because that's what I was trying to do with Todd. I was just trying to needle him until he, you know, came to Jesus, basically. So there. Uh, that's the only thing we're going to say about the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin thing. People, people were, um, people were not happy that I used the word luck, Todd. Well, and I had wasn't happy to do that you that used e- the term luck, but not for the reasons apparently everybody else was. No, that wasn't even my main contention either. Whether it was divine providence that the turnovers happened or whether it was luck, um, my contention was. And see, we were just, we were both, Todd and I were both saying the same thing. My contention was, and I never said any differently throughout the whole thing, that minus turnovers, I thought that Iowa played better. With turnovers, they weren't the better team. I don't know why that's such a difficult proposition. And here we go. That's it. We're going to stop now. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add, Todd? Um. Well, have a great weekend. Simultaneously doing everything you can to do something that has nothing to do yes. with politics yes but also resolving that you're going to use that time away to come back and help fix what's broken on just about every level 
in society. Your uh, our getaways. Oh my goodness, do I cherish uh, my getaways? But we got to fight, folks, and we got to find a way to do it better. It's well said, John three seventeen. Steve Dace. I like you.